Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> in for Matt Steinmetz. That is Daryl the Guru Johnson with you as always. Uh, you like that beat, The Goop. crest, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to learn me something, man. I'm still too young. <laughs> Look at John with his mask. I know. He yeah. looks like Kylo Ren right now. Everybody on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up. <laughs> yeah, it's more like Bane, exactly. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. Also the number for the Comcast business text line. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers and them embracing the role of the villain on Sunday against what has been dubbed America's team throughout the rest of the way. A lot of people want to see these lovable Lions go to their first Super Bowl. And of course, here in the Bay Area, we do not want to see that because that demands them to upset a touchdown favorite on Sunday at Levi Stadium. Let's kick this thing off with Kevin out in Oakland. We'll have to talk about the offensive side of football. What's up, Kev? You're on with Evan Aguru. Uh, Guru. How you guys doing? Hey, hey. Good. Good. Hey, so I just had a, kind of some perspectives on the whole, you know, potent, you know, seemingly panic that's going on with the Niners and how they played the other day. Um, you know, we put up 24 points on a playoff team that held the Cowboys offense to 16 points until they kind of gave up playing in six minutes to go, right? Brock Purdy's averaged 29 points a game every game he's played with us, and we put up 24, and he had an arguably, or not even arguably, hands down the worst game of his career. He threw the same amount of passes Josh Allen did and only completed three fewer. He threw for 70 more yards than Josh Allen did. He, he obviously had the bad picks. Three of those balls probably should have been caught. One was a missed route. Two were drops. So, you know, it looks like a lot of that was, was weather-related. Obviously, the stuff that he was missing, his, his really ugly throws, were, were clearly weather-related. Jordan Allen or uh, – uh, uh, Love, yeah. Sorry. The fact uh, of Jordan Love, um, you know, he, he didn't – you know, Brock, for the most part, out past him. He was a little more efficient. But half of his passes and completions were only there because our receivers fell down in the mud ninety percent of the time, and the loose, you know, the loose field and wet field could also be a reason why our D line couldn't get home. Because when you can't grip, you get hit by someone you're not expecting. It's easy to get stood up by a wide receiver, right? So, a lot of this is is probably weather related in that game. At the end of the day, we still won. The things that concern me are our ability to stop a good running back now and our offensive line because we can't seem to keep Brock upright. Good call. Well, I had to break it to you, Kev. I think those two things are going to be prevalent again this weekend if the Niners don't sure this thing up. No, like, yeah, like the pass rush for the for the Lions is better than the Packers. The run game for the Lions is better than the Packers. Check. I mean, those were two areas that the Niners really struggled against. I also don't... Look, I, I think Brock Purdy is going to be a lot better than he was last weekend. Number one, I think there was some rust in the, in the first half for him coming off a, a few weeks. Because he didn't play in Week 18, so he really had like three weeks off. Um, or three weeks in he, since he had last played. 
I don't think that Brock Purdy's going to play as poorly as he did in the first three quarters. But it sure had to make you feel good that he played as well as he did in the fourth quarter, especially because... Quietly, Jared Goff has been one of the best fourth-quarter quarterbacks in the league, I think, since like week 10. Mm. But in the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay, he went 11 for 12, 138 yards and a touchdown. Like It's not as if Jared Goff can't play well when things get tight, even though he didn't necessarily do it early in his career with the Rams. Yeah, and even then, he took a team to the Super Bowl. He was quarterback, had it tied up, I believe, at halftime. But, Evan, I'm going to say this to to your point and the caller's main point about uh, rust. I hadn't said it. The word hadn't come out of my mouth uh, since Saturday night. But the more I think about it, uh, you talk about Brock Purdy, who didn't see the field Week 18 against the Rams. So, I'm, you know what, Evan? Th- that could have been a byproduct of that. And it doesn't make it right, Rust, for everybody. Mm-hmm. But Kyle has been to this plateau, plateau more often than not, and at greater stakes because he's been in the Super Bowl and we saw him have kind of a meltdown in regard to should I run or pass and went away from what's working. But I feel better on Wednesday, and I'm going to say this to Niner fans, that the more I think about the Rust element and how that could have played a part in that game, you know what, I can't, I'm, I'm going to hang my hat on that. But what's so scary about that is, yeah, okay, if that's what you guys feel comfortable saying it is, but it got to the point to where it could have sent your ass home. And then we're dealing with exit interviews. We're dealing with, you know, could you imagine the blowback Brock? I mean, he's getting some, and they won the game. He was his best at the end. From a national standpoint, he's getting blowback on just, if you're into that type of stuff, on what he is. Just on how that game played out and the woulda, coulda, shoulda of interceptions. So they won, and I don't expect them to be that rusty or pedestrian on offense on a dry track against Detroit. So I'm going to leave that there. And also I'm the same guy that predicted 3810 because I thought Green Bay didn't have the necessary skill set or players or wherewithal to hang with this physical bunch and they actually were the more physical team. I mean, you're not the only one. I think there's a lot of people that thought that game was not going to be necessarily a blow-up, but the Niners are going to be able to handle yes. Green Bay. What did you pick? Oh, by 10, right? I think, yeah, 30-17. to 17. Yeah, yeah, I mean, was I was right. I was wrong. I, I had the Niners in that game by I 10. I didn't bring that up to set for you. to. <laughs> oh, no, I'd, I'd be yeah. happy to admit. I mean, look, it, you're going to get things wrong at some point, but the bottom line is the Niners won the game, and that's the most important part for them as they move on to the NFC Championship. A couple of notes to clean up from the Comcast business text line from the 707. Pressure's on Kyle. He had some bad calls last week. Poor clock management to end the second half. Kyle needs to be better. I agree. And again, this is something that I, I don't know if you read much into this, Scoob, but, but something that I don't know if it was concern, but it kind of perked my ears. When I heard Kyle Shanahan after the game discussing why he did what he did at the end of the first half and his response of, well, we won. Like, that doesn't make you right. I didn't like, go ahead, E. I love you The for Packers might have been the better team overall that game, but the Niners played well when it mattered. And they took advantage of the mistakes that the Packers did yes. more than the Packers took advantage of the 49ers' mistakes. That doesn't erase what you did or didn't do and the position that you put your team in by getting, to use your term, lemon booty. Yeah. That, to me, is not an excuse that you, quote-unquote, won the game. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo won a lot of games. We still know what the, what the, you know, what the lowdown yeah. is on Jimmy G. And... Kyle Shanahan has been in this position before where he is puckered up at points. 
He's, is, you know, I, I think I don't know if he second guesses himself, but I think he tries to overthink Dude, it sometimes. It's incredible, man. And that's why I'm I'm kind of with Jerry Rice, who was on this morning with the morning show. I think it just has got to be about getting back to basics and the guy you love, Christian McCaffrey. Brock, you know, I know he was not exceptional that game, but in a situation like that, you want to pound that rock, man. I'm I'm serious. You know, we got the best running back ever with uh, McCaffrey. And I thought we were going to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, then Debo got, you know, he got a little finger. And, and, and I think that offense was a little out of sync. So, I mean, you heard right there. He wants to pound the rock. And this is from a wide receiver. Yeah. The no greatest doubt. wide receiver yeah, of all the time. Goat. I'll say this about Kyle Shanahan. And, Evan, you can back me up to the listeners. Not that you're going to call me a liar. But I'm on record as saying uh, Kyle's the boy genius. He can, co- he can design plays and scheme guys open uh, like no other. And those and I, I do believe that. And I'm also the guy that wanted him fired after Trey Lance got hurt because he used him like a running back. But, you know, that was shtick. But you wanted to pound the rock then. My number one thing I had on the Kyle Shanahan checklist, it goes back to 2019 in that Super Bowl, was situational play calling. Will the moment get too big for Kyle? And I guess a week five game, I'm talking to you and John, Mm -hmm. a week five game Sunday night in front of the world against the Dallas Cowboys, I thought that to be the measuring stick. But at the end of the day, even a couple weeks later against Philly, those aren't win and you win or you go home games. And the first one out the shoot is against the Green Bay Packers, 9-8. and eight, Just barely got in. I know they got a nice young rookie quarterback. But you're telling me that you went to the podium after... I, I don't want to call it a debacle where people question your disbursements of the run play ratio, run pass ratio, and then for you to just say we won and not give us more or open up a bit more as to what's going on upstairs for this to be so muddled. I, that's concerning moving forward. Not that I wanted him to get a box of tissue and cry and say we almost lost, but Evan, I'm wondering. The thing or the trait that this man has of not of confusing himself, maybe sometimes, I I thought that thing was long gone. Now I'm watching intently starting uh, Sunday at three thirty, and if they win in the Super Bowl, because you can't hide it. Everybody saw it, and I think he butchered uh, that double up before halftime. But again, I'm like, well, you know what? He didn't trust Purdy. He threw Purdy thirty nine times, so nothing adds up. Well, and this is where I'm hoping from Shanahan's perspective because I think he does trust Brock Purdy. Clearly, you, you mentioned well, the 39 yeah, no attempts. No doubt about it. Through I the rock. Yeah. Now, they had to, I think, you know, late in game. But that last drive to me is why you can trust Brock Purdy, whether it's at the end of the first half, huh. whether it's on a gotta-have-it drive, whether it's down the stretch of a fourth quarter. I know it's only his second game-winning drive in his career. It's only the first one this season. But if there's anything, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if there's anything that Brock Purdy proved to you, it's that you can trust him. Put the ball in his hands and let him be the one to dictate whether you win or lose. You're in this position as the one seed, yes, because you got a damn good football team, you got a great play call, you got a great front office, but because you have a quarterback that has taken your offense to a different level than his predecessor. So you trusted him all year, and I know you played from him front most of the time, right. but 
What was the one thing we were hoping to find out about Brock is if down late in the game, especially in the conditions, could he make the money throws when he needed to? He did. If I see Kyle Shanahan mismanage the clock again at the tail end of the first half or at any point throughout the NFC Championship game, I am going to wonder if that's more of a Kyle Shanahan issue than him not trusting his quarterback because Brock Purdy showed me that you have every reason to trust him by what he did on that final drive. Gotcha. Now, Evan, I can say to what you just said is they're lucky is all outdoors to even get that last drive opportunity, especially after giving up a 50-yard run down four. Your defense knows your back's against the wall, and Aaron Jones scampers on a wonderful run for 50, and I'm thinking, okay, you score here, the game's over. The defense held, like you said. But what if I just said, let's, let's, let's forget about Brock Purdy and the trust. What didn't Kyle Kyle Shanahan see or what made him go away from arguably his best offensive player Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey averaging 6 yards a tote why would you go away from that Evan is more concerning than do you trust Brock because I didn't that game didn't read he didn't trust Brock to me it just he got caught up in the moment but is that the answer as to why McCaffrey only got it 17 times? That's more, because that was working. I think Kyle Shannon wants to be as balanced as possible. I mean, we've seen when the 49ers are at their apex, they run the ball about as much as they pass it, maybe a little bit more in one area or the other. But Brock Purdy, I believe this season, had only thrown the ball more than 31 times once, Man, and it was against the Bengals. So it was a game which you're playing from behind most of the time. Yeah, you make sense to throw. Shit. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan wants to have, I think, a balanced attack. Like it's not just we got to run the ball like it was when Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. He wants to have a balance between McCaffrey and what Purdy can obviously do under center. I think the game ended up dictating down the stretch that you had to throw it a little bit more. That I get. But I'm I am with you and I wonder why at the beginning of games the focus is not just strictly and and look, it could be the opposing defense with what they show. A lot of teams stack the box against San Francisco and they kind of have to because of how good Christian McCaffrey is. You have to pay that respect to him. So maybe Shanahan feels like it's better to soften up that defense with the pass early than get into the run. But to me, if you want to establish the line of scrimmage against a Detroit team that is physical, it does start with running the football. And I want to get to Matt Napa because he's, right. he's a Lions fan. I wonder what Uh-oh. going behind enemy lines. T-Town. Yeah, what's up, Matt? You're on with Evan and Goo. How you doing? Great, man. Thanks for getting me on here. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Guru. It's a safe place. Uh, I'm actually born and raised in Detroit, moved out here the worst year ever in 2012 when the, Ly- when the Tigers got swept by the Giants. So I've been waiting for this day for a long time. I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of interesting things that's, that's going right. to happen in this game that people aren't really looking at. James Houston hopefully is back from the Lions. Uh, that's another end that we've got that's a speed rusher. I think it's going to really be, I know everyone says the trenches. It's going to be a trench warfare, and I think Branch is going to come out on that slot and get a few blitzes in there, and they just got to stop McCaffrey. That's the biggest one for me. The other thing is, Watch out for Jamo, Jameson Williams. I think he's going to play more like a Debo in the future with that speed that he's got. And he's going to open up the field against the corners and the D backs that you guys got that are a little weaker on that side. Not saying Detroit's D backs are not weak because they are. <laughs> we all know that. But it's crazy to look at the last couple weeks of stats just with Hutchinson. He's had what? Six sacks? No. He's sorry, on fire. Nine yeah. Sacks. Mm-hmm. He's had eight sacks and CD Deuce has been back. 
He's had a bunch of quarterback sits, a bunch of tackles for loss. C.D. Deuce is going to be a mind game. He's going to screw with everyone's mind. That's what his goal is. And I, I just, I'm excited for this game. I'm more excited to play the, the 49ers than I am the Packers. They actually scared me a little bit. The 49ers, I think, is going to be a great matchup. I can't wait for this game. I am uh-huh. stoked. I can't wait. You'll see me driving around Nap. I got some Lions flags on my car, so I'm ready. Look at him. <laughs> be careful, baby. Yeah, be careful, yeah. Matt. Don't want to fly that flag too early. No doubt. I was at uh, Final Final on Baker Street down by the marina for the Lions-Buccaneers game. Uh, real There's quick, a lot of Michigan people out here. What You, you were like Lambda Lambda. You were where? Uh, final Final. What is that? It's uh, it's just a sports bar. The sports bar on, called on, Final Final. Yeah, on Baker okay. Street, and uh, I think it's on Union. Or right. maybe it's Lombard towards the end. Lions right, fans, right by the Presidio. Yeah, there was a lot of Lions fans. Look at he dog. I mean, they're feeling confident, man. And I want to hear how confident the 49ers fans feel because to me, they should feel confident about this game. I know last week was a shock, but I think well, maybe not a shock to some. Yeah. But it was definitely a reality check, and I think it was something that the Niners can use internalize, and ideally manifest on Sunday because they got punched in the mouth a little bit. I think the Lions are probably going to try and take the same approach. But I also think that this is a Niners team that can get gritty and grimy when they want to. They can dictate the tempo of this football game. And that's why I want, I don't know about an all-black, but I want to see an all-black mentality. I'm not saying they got to throw punches like they did before the Cleveland Browns game. That was maybe a little bit unnecessary, uh, especially from the Brown side as well. But this is an approach type of game that I want to see that, like, Everyone is on board with the Lions going as far as they possibly can. They're the, the, the lovable Lions. They're the underdogs. They're, they're David, however you want to slice it. But the Niners embrace being the villain. I know they haven't been the villains throughout much of the Kyle Shanahan era, but if there's not a better time, it's now. Because I think, number one, you got to have that mindset to beat a Lions team that is tough and is physical, mm-hmm. but especially, and I don't want to look ahead, but if you're seeing the other side of the bracket, those are two teams that do embrace the villainous side of the bull, that are the villainous side of, of kind of their role. Mahomes, for sure. Lamar, Baltimore, a, a, a physical defense. Yeah. Like, you're going to need that to beat whoever comes out of the AFC should you get past Detroit. No doubt, Evan. And I'll say this because we didn't get a chance to respond to. Uh, uh, and I get your thoughts on Amy Trask and her comments about where she had uh, young Brock Purdy at and, you know, the other seven quarterbacks and everybody took it as a diss. And then that game happens. And I just wonder, this is just how my mind works, Evan. My God, if we come in here Monday, which we didn't, and it started with Shasky and Bonte, they rejoice with the fans about a win, the fourth straight tr- four. Out of the last five years, the Niners are in the NFC Championship game, third straight. So how many fan bases would give their right arm for that? My point is, everybody you just mentioned, I don't know if you would take golf, uh, Purdy over golf. I personally wouldn't, just because of what golf did with L.A. and, and he's been to a Super Bowl. And now I'm sitting here thinking... Just about what you kind of put planted the seed about how this game is going to play out, and hearing that that lion fan, I am worried a bit about the stage for Brock Purdy after that game, and if and what he does on a daily basis, and how much TV he consumes, or the rhetoric that he hears, then probably's not this week going his way, Evan. So I'm wondering, the most important position on the football field is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
if we get a shaky start from him and the Niner offense, you know, maybe you're not as lucky like you were to get 10 chances against Green Bay. So it starts with him. And also you could say, well, Guru, just an hour ago you said it starts with the defense. But how about everybody? All hands on deck. And I can't wait to see if Brock is going to take the good fortune of that drive and parlay it into a trip to the Super Bowl and and run rushod over the Lions. But if not, Evan, I think there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations because they're kind of out there now about where Brock Purdy is and how far this team can go with them. And I think that's just being real. No, I'm with you. Look, I I don't know about slicing the the quarterback rankings. Like to me, and I think we talked about this before the season. To me, if and this was at a time when Brock Purdy was coming off of arm surgery, so he didn't necessarily know exactly who he was going to be. I think everyone trusted that he was going to be the starter, but you don't know how someone's going to react to that when you get a brand new elbow. If the Niners, to me, at the beginning of the season got top fifteen quarterback play, they were going to win the division. They're going to get to the playoffs. Okay. If they got top 10 quarterback play, they were going to be in the position they are now with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. If they get top 5 quarterback play, which Brock Purdy has given them this season, in my opinion, they should get to the Super Bowl. If that's the Brock Purdy that comes out and plays on Sunday, they're going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to be playing at Allegiant Stadium, and then you see who's coming out on the other side. But for me, uh, look, if I call Brock Purdy a top 5 quarterback, there's only 4 quarterbacks left. Like To me, that's not a slight... To say that he is better, or like however you want to, it's also tough to me too. Like Lamar's been in the league for five, six yeah. years, and he's battling Patrick his Mahomes has been to six consecutive AFC championships oh, or whatever. Every year is a star. Jared Goff has has been to a Super Bowl with a different team. He's been in in big games before. You know, I, I, I struggles against the Niners. I, I think Brock Purdy showed that on Saturday he might have the advantage in the the mental toughness category over Jared Goff because I've seen him come up short more than I've seen Brock. But at the same time, this is Brock Purdy's second year in the NFL. Mm. What he's done or what he's trying to do is rare air. It's hard to get to a Super Bowl no matter what kind of quarterback you are, no matter what year you are, no matter how good you are or bad you are. This is Brock Purdy's second year, and he's in his second consecutive NFC Championship. 3-1 and one in the offs after Saturday's win. Exactly. So, look, I, I don't make much of the, the Amy Trask comments. That's her prerogative. Right. That, that's her you know rankings, however she wants to put it. All I know is the Niners are a Final Four team, and I feel very confident that they're going to be a top-two team, right. a.k.a. playing for the Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy's a big part of that. Let's get out to Dale in Cupertino. Dale's in Cupertino here in 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. What's up, Dale? Well, hey, hi. I want to say, first off, I predicted the game real well, and don't tell my family and friends. I'm actually a Packer fan just ahead of the Niners, but that's the game I wanted to see. And I think the number one thing has happened here is somewhere along the line, somebody told Brock Purdy, your hand's not big enough, but it's about the same size as Tom Brady. He even models his game after Tom Brady. That last drive he did, Shanahan has to have put that on a loop and just play it to him all week, all week, all week this week to let him realize what ball don't matter. You are a damn good quarterback. What ball don't matter. I, I agree with some of your comments about Shanahan. There's a little if he's there, but there's no question in my mind, Purdy's a top quarterback. He's one of the final four teams. He's one of the top four quarterbacks this year right now. Now, I'm going, we'll see what happens, but I, I was really glad to see what happened. I predicted that the Packers were going to take a lead and he'd have a drive to come back and win. And I'm feeling proud about it now. Thanks, Dale. Yeah. 
No, look, I, I appreciate it. And did he say he was hiding from his family that he was a Packer fan? <laughs> I didn't. Might have yeah, been. Might have, there's a lot going on there. Well, that, that's a tough L. I think what the fourth or fifth consecutive playoff loss that the Packers have suffered to the Forty Nine. And they ran Joe Barry. That he's gone, defensive coordinator, because he didn't blitz on that last drive. We were. T- I said they fired him. Evan, you got to bring the pressure, man. Well, and we can talk about that yeah. on the other side because one thing Brock Purdy does very well mm. is operate. Against pressure, and that's something that the Niners, that the Lions, part of me, bring in abundance. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. Also, a reminder: it is a Warriors Wednesday. We'll get to them in a few. Brought to you by Freeman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Freeman'sAppliance.com today. Half hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Away from two-time Super Bowl champ Daryl Pollard coming up here on Steiny and Guru. We're back after this on 95.7 The Game. Stiney and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, halfway to NFL Championship Weekend. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson. We got another Daryl, two-time Super Bowl champ Daryl Pollard coming up. The Super Bowl champ. At noon. We've talked to him before. I'm curious to get his perspective on this weekend because the Niners are seven-point favorites against the Lions. Seems like most of America's on board with Detroit. Mm-hmm. They want them to win this game, or they want them to you know, be the feel-good story going into their first Super Bowl ever. And Pollard's got some experience in that because he's won two Super Bowls, so he's played in a couple of NFC title games. In 88, they were, I think, a point or two underdogs to the Chicago Bears, who they spanked on their road to a Super Bowl. And then in 89, they were seven-point favorites in the conference championship, I believe, against the Rams. Okay. So I'm curious, as a player... Yeah, like as a player, do you approach it differently? Do you feel more pressure if you're the team that's expected to win versus the team that's not? Because I I think there is a ton of pressure on the 49ers. We've been talking about, is it more on Wilkes? Is it more on Shanahan? Is it all on Purdy? To me, when this is where we left off last segment, Goo, is if the Niners don't win this game, I'll be extremely disappointed. But to me, I am going to look more at the head coach than the quarterback just because there are so many quarterbacks. Number one, they don't get to this point. But number two, that aren't this young when they do it. Like mm. the stage is set for Brock Purdy to make it to his first Super Bowl, and if he doesn't, we're going to come in here on Monday and be like, "What the hell?" But at the same token, Brock Purdy's got his whole career ahead of him, and I, I do feel confident that this guy is going to be around for a long time, especially in the Bay Area. And he's played so well throughout this season, really since he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo against the Miami Dolphins, that. If he doesn't get to a Super Bowl, like I, I, I kind of feel like that's just on par with where most twenty-three-year-olds are in their careers. Like, not everyone can be Patrick Mahomes. Right? You know what I'm saying, yeah, I do, Evan. But in a sense, Brock Purdy, and I'm not saying he's off this road. His start was better than it. It was incredible. It was almost perfect, like. And I'm not saying that has gone bye-bye. I'm not saying that's night-night. But he was playing. 
so well that I thought the hate stemmed from when's this dude going to mess up? So now all you could do is you couldn't hate his play on the field because he was making every throw. He was making every read. He looked like he had more command than Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's a compliment in his sense, in itself. Then now you're talking about can they get it done? And Evan, I'm just being real with you like I always am and the listeners. At some juncture before the Ravens really, you know, found their uh their gear and Kansas City was they were playing like misfits for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. The, the, the narrative was, hey, f- from a Kyle Shanahan standpoint, when are you going to get your first one? Your team is loaded and it is set up for you right now. This is your easiest path, especially after Dallas and Philly. This is your easiest path to get to the Super Bowl. So now here we are on a few days before the NFC Championship game and ASC Championship game. But all of a sudden, I'm feeling like the, a seismic shift in, oh boy, now the Ravens in Kansas City can take the Niners. So my question to you and the listeners are, what what's happened? Like, what's happened from the Kyle Shanahan vantage point of, have you lost confidence in, in, in Kyle and his ability to beat Kansas City or Baltimore or even Detroit? Was it just one kind of a clunker game that they pulled out in the end? Because I'm feeling something, something, a dynamic has changed, and I'm asking you, Evan, do you think it's just one playoff kind of a dud in which you won the game where you came off a quote-unquote three-week rest? Well, if there was one thing that I'd be concerned about, and again, it's, it's all nitpicking, right? I mean, this guy it, led the league word, in man, a majority like of statistical categories. You know, what Peter King had the quote yesterday, which I thought really put it into perspective. Like, every time the guy threw the ball this year, it essentially went for a first down. He averaged 9.7 yards per attempt. That is about right. as efficient as you can get among any quarterback. But I guess if there was a concern to me, Goo, is that if you look at the last two uh, big games that he's played, right? Baltimore. Baltimore is the last one. Didn't play that well. Yeah. It played terribly, yeah, no, to be quite no, honest. No weather then that one. No really weather in that right. game. You had your full cast of characters. Right. But that was also a team that, to me, that, like he hadn't seen a defense like that before. And if he plays them again in the Super Bowl, I think he'll be, he'll be better equipped to handle that type of pressure and situation. The Lions, he hasn't faced before. And we saw him against Green Bay, a team he hadn't faced before this year, struggle a little bit. So the, the newness... For teams that are in the upper echelon of the NFL, in recent games, have given Brock Fitz. And even if you, like, I, he played, obviously dominated the Cowboys, dominated the Eagles. Yeah. He's beaten good teams going on the road, I think, at Jacksonville, even though they didn't make the playoffs to me at the time, it was a quality win. Like, he's beaten good teams and dismantled them. But if you're looking at the teams that are left, even Tampa Bay, who he, you know, what have, hypothetically had to face, he beat them at home pretty handedly. But the teams left, I think, do offer the most challenging type of you know, opposition for Brock Purdy, and the last two games, he hasn't had his best stuff. I'm inclined to believe that that's going to right itself All this right. weekend, right. because I don't see Brock throwing up two or three consecutive duds. Not that the divisional round game was a dud, but it looked like it for most of the game up until he clutched up, and that's a credit to him. But I can't forget the fact that they were a 10-point favorite at home and nearly lost the game. So Brock Purdy, to me, showed a mental toughness 
that clearly his predecessor didn't have at the quarterback position, that makes me feel confident that if that position presents itself again, he can get the job done. What I'm worried about is if he gives, he opens the door, I should say the Niners open the door for the Lions, I think they're more inclined than a team like the Packers to stick their foot in and jam that door open. Yeah, I'm feeling that, and that was well said. And I'll say this about his predecessor. I mean... Say what you want, uh, E. Jimmy Garoppolo took the Niners to a Super Bowl. So to me, that's just that's the minimal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about can Brock Purdy lead him to a Super Bowl? And so for much of this season, I I I think he can. And I do think they'll beat Detroit because it's one of those things where Mike Tyson losing to Douglas. I just have to see it happen because I can't imagine it. Um you know, from the outset. So I think they're better than the Detroit Lions. I know the Lions are, quote-unquote, the hottest team. But I don't think everything riding and from a – there's no pressure on Detroit. And they're going to come in here, you know, guns blazing, maybe fourth and five. Well, that's the new NFL anyway, E, going for it. But I just feel like the pressure and the fallout from Kyle, Brock, whatever, the defense, I just don't think the Niners are ready to take on that and I predicted them playing the Baltimore Ravens. I'm hoping we see that. So with that said, uh, it's not going to be easy, but I just don't see a scenario where the Lions come in here Sunday and and, and place an L on the Niners and leave us to kind of just, you know, pick up the rubble. Yeah, I mean, look, there's definitely a scenario, and if you want to talk about variables thrown in the equation, this is just from moments ago from the mouth of Kyle Shanahan. Debo Samuel will not practice today, and his status for Sunday's NFC Championship game right now remains uncertain. So, look, Debo after the game on Saturday, and it was reported by Adam Schefter, he's 50-50. I think that's probably still where it is. To me, again, if Debo Samuel can play, he is going to play because that's the type of player that he is. But his presence is going to be, or his lack of presence, is absolutely going to be felt. Oh, and I think it's, again, this is a Lions team that can pressure a quarterback better than most. That would mean that you'd like to get the ball out quickly. Debo Samuel might be your best playmaker behind the line of scrimmage outside of Christian McCaffrey. So how does Kyle Shanahan operate around that? Does he game plan for Debo being there? Does he not? You know, to me, I thought that Kyle just kind of plug and played Jawan Jennings, who, by the way, was very, very good in that game. Blocking, came up with some of the biggest catches, including on that final drive on a huge catch over the middle of the field, was great. But I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is just going to plug and play Jawan Jennings like he is Debo Samuel because I I love Jawan, but he's not Debo. Right, and I'll say this. Because we talk about, uh, you know, the Kyle component. Did he did he kind of pucker up a little bit? Okay, so you know Debo's out of the game, Evan. And this is just one play, so you guys can tell me, Goo, you're, uh, you're too fixated on it. But when you talk about uh, a trait of a good coach or a good leader, it's the ability to adapt on the fly. So why did that ball or that call go to Jennings when we know it would have been Debo had he been in the game? That's just, I scratch my head, Evan, is, okay, it's one play. You, you can wipe out the loss of the play, get a first down on the next play. But why did why did Jennings even be put in that position? To me, that was one of those things to where Kyle showed this right then and there. There was he didn't adapt. Like you didn't have to call that. You gave a down away by by getting that ball to Jennings. That's not Debo. We we understand that was supposed to go to Debo, but you couldn't call something audible like to know 
that that play wasn't going anywhere from the outset. Yeah, I mean, but in, but you could also look at it like, hey, on the final drive, a guy named Chris Conley, who'd caught less oh, than 10 catches the entire happen. year, caught a huge 17-yard out route, and that might be Jawan Jennings' spot if Debo Samuel's in the game. That could have been Debo Samuel, but he was a guy that Kyle threw in there. Brock delivered the ball beautifully, and he got his two toe taps in and got out of bounds. Like so, that is a demonstration of a guy stepping up in a big spot, and, that, and that's where you know I do want to give Brock a lot of credit for that final drive because it wasn't just Kittle, it wasn't just Ayuk, it was a lot of players that you don't typically envision getting the football in clutch spots, and that demonstrates a trust from the quarterback and his playmakers, not just the All Pros. So. You know, I, look, I, I think this is a game that the 49ers, to me, again, have to approach like they are the villains, like they are the big bad bullies on the block that want to punish another team that's pretty much played like bullies the entire season. If you look at the comparison between the head coaches, right, I think everyone would identify Dan Campbell as an aggressive coach, no a guy that it. will go for it in positions in which you wouldn't usually say, yeah, for sure, fourth down, run the ball. Look at the Dallas an, game. Exactly. But... Does Kyle Shanahan come off as passive after last weekend's game? Because right now I'm looking at an aggressive coach versus a play caller that looked passive in a playoff game. And I think that does favor an underdog because you have to be aggressive in order to take on the big bad bully. Yeah, no doubt. I love it. I'll tell you what, you got me thinking we're about to find out. And the, the, the one thing about your idea of you know them just being... The 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 bad guy is Evan. I just feel like it, it, again, it's not symbolic, but I feel like it's the glove on Purdy's hand. I don't know if the Niners have been that before the game before, except the one game that you talk about when they were Will Smith, Men in Black, going into that Philly game. Like, do you kind of change your personality? You can't change who you are, but this is where I think the Niners do need to hone in and get back to basics a little bit more. Because we can ask Pollard, too, about that, because that's a great call, Evan. But I'm curious to see, Yeah, you know, because they need to do something. They need to – no time to be playing. You got lucky with Green Bay because you started slow, rust or what. You got to be ready this Sunday. Well, you have to be. And, look, I mean, it's it's a 60-minute game. It's not like if you don't come out and score the first two drives, you're going to lose the football game. I think the Niners also gave us some hope and understanding that if the game doesn't go their way, they can win. I also think it's because they are a better team than De- mm. than the Detroit Lions. Like there, there's a reason why they're touchdown favorites, and I understand Lions are not always reflective of the effort, the spot, the momentum. But the Niners, the talent is there. That I, line I think is, Green yeah. Bay looked better than Tampa, and Tampa came down to a final drive, in which Baker threw an interception. They might have been able to tie that game. Yeah. So, look, and that was at home for the Lions as well. They're a team traveling on the road, plays a little bit different outdoors. I don't think the conditions matter much in this football game. Um, But, you know, you you talk about, look, like what the Niners need to do, who the pressure is on. And I thought Bomani Jones earlier this morning with the Morning Roast had an interesting perspective looking at something we've been discussing, which is Kyle Shanahan versus Brock Purdy. 
that game being the first time that a Shanahan team had come back from being down was more than five points yeah. to actually win the game, to me, indicates that the pressure is more on Shanahan than it is on Brock Purdy, because Brock Purdy, in the end, is a quarterback in his second year. We're asking for a lot to ask him to get to the Super Bowl. We're not talking about a Dak Prescott who was in his eighth year, seventh or eighth year, and we're like, yo, man, when are you going to get this done? Or a Josh Allen, who's mm-hmm. at a similar place in his career, and we're like, yo, man, when are you going to get this done? Where Brock Purdy, if he doesn't get it done, my question for Kyle Shanahan is why you keep winding up with these quarterbacks that ain't that good? <laughs> like I think that was the question for Kyle Shanahan for a long time. I was like, how come you couldn't find? Well, he the tried guy? to do something about it, Bomani, and take a kid out of North Dakota State, and that didn't work out. You know, he tried to do something different. He did. That was supposed to be his Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. You know, and I know it failed, and Trey's in Dallas, but I guess I would just say Bomani. He tried to do something different. And, I, and that was a response to the Super Bowl. I don't know, in my opinion, that was a response to seeing mm-hmm. what Jimmy Garoppolo okay. was unable right. to do in 2019. I don't think that's going to happen if Brock Purdy, even if he loses this oh, game. Oh, no, I'm with you. I Because what are you going to do, E? Put in Darnold? Well, no. you could go draft another quarterback. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what they did. Yeah, but he wouldn't be a, uh, a threat immediately to tell, you know, uh, Brock, your days are numbered. It wouldn't be that that type of thing. Well, to play devil's advocate, you also didn't think that Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance's days were numbered when they drafted Brock Purdy. Not true. So, and he's a, he's a rare situation, and it's it's kind of weird. It's like, you know, Brock Purdy has gone from the Lions' position, which is the darling of the nope. NFL world, and the big underdog, to almost like. He's the guy that everyone wants to knock off the top of the mountain. It's it's a really strange because they feel like he doesn't belong. Narrative, or he got yeah. a scholarship to get there. That's what you are right, but that's our society. We build you up, and then we're like, you know what? You got too high. We need you to come down because Brock has been consistent. Th- that's the one crazy thing about this. He hasn't done. You know, he ain't been beating his chest. You know, we saw the the bravado, the cockiness throughout the season, and even last year when he throws a touchdown like quarterbacks do. But, Evan, there's just a feel of, I think there's hate from afar. Like, you ain't good as they're trying to tell us you are. And that's Haterade. Well, okay, so the Niners by DVOA, let me throw this out here, the ninth best offense ever. Ever. I think that people are probably looking at Brock and like, well, he's he's not the ninth best quarterback ever. Is that, that what that matter. says, though? Because it's collectively you're the ninth best offense. It doesn't say you got the best quarterback. Well, exactly, but but I'll throw this at you. Uh, one of the reasons why I think the Ravens, for example, are going to beat the Chiefs on Sunday and why I've felt confident in the Ravens all season is, yes, they have the likely MVP at quarterback, but it's, it's because I think they have the best defense in the NFL. Like mm. So, okay, Lamar doesn't have playmakers, so to speak, although I think he's got a pretty good core of receivers. But if he has a Legion of Boom type defense, like how come that doesn't get held against him like the rest of the offense yeah. does for the Niners? I don't know. I, I think however you want to cut it, however you want to slice it, is is up to you. But Brock Purdy did not fold getting back to pressure on Saturday. In fact, he stepped up. And there was a price, Evan. Let's be honest. Had he not got it done, he would have took, like Kyle and the team, but he would have took, oh my gosh, could you imagine the jackals and what they would be saying about his performance? So I know it was about the win so they could move on, Evan, but he staved off a whole lot of, of hate. 
I'm with the Uncle Looney, by the way, on the, on the say? first NorCal Credit Union YouTube chat. Look at Baltimore's team DVOA. Oh, I know. I know. And we can get into that later in the week as we get set for NFC and AFC Championship Weekend. The 49ers playing the Detroit Lions at 3.30 Levi Stadium. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to that game. Looking forward to seeing what the Lions have. Uh, I, I did. I have to say, I did go to high school with one of the defensive line coaches Come on. for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, this guy. What's his name? Cam Davis. Cameron Davis. From the town? Yep, he's from Oakland. Shout out St. Mary's High School. Wow. You going to reach out to him? Uh, I'm going to see if I can chat him up before the game. Okay. I, I know he's going to be busy. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, I talked to his little brother a little yeah. bit more. Uh, but shout out to the Davis family. No, they're, they're, look, I'll be if if they happen to beat the Niners, which I don't think is going to happen, I'll absolutely be rooting for him because he's a great guy. Yeah. His family, great people. And the 49ers right now, I just think, are the, are the better team. But it is interesting. You talk about defensive lines. You, know, you could make a case that Detroit does have the advantage on the defensive line. The Niners, to me, have more talent. But they haven't been able to necessarily extract it. And that's where you you were talking about Steve Wilkes and the the eyes on him, the pressure. That's what that's my conf that's what's shaky to me. It is weird how you can't get it out of you know, four Pro Bowl caliber, maybe even all pro caliber players at, at various points throughout their career. Man, it is interesting. And I think it's the biggest caveat to this game. If they show up, they should be able to handle business. I got that much confidence that Kyle and the offense will be fine. No weather. So I think that'll take care of itself. But Evan, everything hinges on not Greenlaw and Warner, that front. I mean, I mean it starts there. Amory Thomas will look better if you guys get home. He should. <laughs> You'd certainly and why so. did Green Bay go away from just doing the hey Evan? They do something's going on in this in his helmet. We are just gonna run the fly route. Go. <laughs> why did they go away? I just I'm they went away from that. I'm just telling you, I would have dialed up at least two more just to see. I do, we got something here. And and we could have saw a, a bullpen thing in the NFL game. Hey, go get him off the field. Something's going on, he ain't ready. He's tackling dudes. Let's keep trying. And I think LaFleur, he didn't do himself any favors. They they stopped. Well, from what I recall, I don't think they faced a whole lot of third and longs. I mean, the what, the third and 13 or 14 when he just threw the thing oh, up yeah. and Ambry yeah. got, a, got a P.I. Like, that makes sense. But if you're not in third and long situations, you're not generally throwing jump balls. Yeah. And to their credit, the Packers were able to move the ball easier than I thought they would. Uh, right before we get to Daryl Pollard at 12, again, a two-time Super Bowl Did champion he? for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's get out to Antonio in Oakland. What's hey. up, Antonio? How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man, because my team is winning. I don't care how, how bad it looks, as long as they get it done, you know, because I, I'm more of a bad well, win guy instead of a pretty lost guy. You know, like, at the end of the day, Brock Purdy has done his job. He's number one in so many categories. And he's going to keep on winning, man. Like, I don't know why Ryan Clark's saying anything, man. It's like, what if somebody said, oh, Ryan Clark, you know, uh, you know, you, your good safety play didn't count because you play with a Mount Rushmore safety, Troy Polamalu, right beside you. You know, um, but, you know, everybody plays with talent, man. Every quarterback needs talent around him, man. Every member of my Mount Rushmore quarterback, Joe Montana, John Elway, Tom Brady, Peyton Manley, all needed running backs to win them Super Bowls. None of them won it by themselves. So, Brock Purdy, just keep on doing your job, and we're going to go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. Wow. Appreciate it, Antonio. Speaking of uh, winning streaks, the Warriors are trying to start one tonight against the Atlanta Hawks at 7 o'clock. Of course, they play three games in the next four days all right here on 95.7 The Game, which means it's time for the secret sauce of the game brought to you by our friends at Proposition Chicken. Yeah, I think the court is going to be a, a, you know, a sanctuary or haven, whatever you want to call it, for the guys. Um, you know, you're able to... Um, 
to compete and lose yourself in something you love um, after an extended period of mourning and, and loss, it's, it's really the best thing you can do, I think, is to go compete, go play. So uh, we, we couldn't have played, you know, those first couple of games. Um, the league was great to, to postpone those games and, and give us the time we needed. But uh, we've practiced well the last couple of days. Um, the guys are, you know, really leaning into each other, leaning into their families, leaning into the game. Um, and, um, you know, it's time to, to go back to work tomorrow night. And, and um, you know, I, I think it'll be good for, for everybody. Wise words from a wise yeah, leader. That's wait. Steve Kerr yesterday on Willard and Dibs, and that's the secret sauce of the game presented by Proposition Chicken. Their chicken goes three ways, fried, flipped, and fake. Order now at propositionchicken.com. I do want to get into the Warriors goo a little bit later in the show, but coming wait. up next, we got our guy, Daryl Pollard. Going to talk about the perspective as a favorite in a championship game, as an underdog, someone that's been there in the foxhole, in the trenches, in this situation the 49ers face the Lions on Sunday, the NFC title game. Right now, the Niners are seven-point favorites. Could be moving each and which way. We'll keep you updated with throughout the week. Also, one update to get you before the break. Kyle Shanahan reporting that Debo Samuel is not practicing today. His status remains uncertain for Sunday. We'll talk to Pollard about how that might affect this offense led by Brock Purdy. All that and more coming up next. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz with Dale the Guru Johnson back after this on 95.7 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 